Welcome back to Two Homers and a Realist. The Sooners win, beating Texas 34 to 30. It was tremendous. It was awesome. My voice is blown. I was there. This is Steve. Lucas. Connor. Jay. You'll be able to tell who was there and who was not based on the sound of our voices. We were down in Big D, Connor and I. You may have seen the video afterwards. We were shocked. We were in awe. We were completely mesmerized by just one of the top performances. My 40th OU Texas, and this is a top five for sure. I don't want to have to try and choose among my babies, but this, this is one of the great ones. This was so tremendous and awesome. Before we get going, we're going to cover a lot of ground today. We're going to talk about the good and the bad. We're going to criticize. We're going to praise. And we're going to get into some, some real hyperbole about where these Sooners are headed. But first off, let's talk about Tobacco Exchange, our sponsor for the pod, for the post-game pods. As you know, three great locations throughout the metro area. Great selection, great staff, great prices. Every reason in the world to go there. Provided us with cigars for for tonight. What what are we smoking? It's a Aladino Cameroon. Excellent it's a good cigars. good victory cigar. A victory cigar, exactly. One made for victory. Really really appreciate Tobacco Exchange. So guys, this was just it was tremendous. And I'm going to start out by saying when I look at my notes. I have a lot of notes that really talk about a game that started by trying, if you will, to steal victory from the, excuse me, steal defeat from the jaws of victory, where we were really struggling by leaving opportunities on the field, squandering our ability to sort of put the game in our favor, not necessarily away, but I don't know, we could have put it away. At a couple points out of reach, for sure. And then we turn it around and we reverse it completely and we steal, def- steal victory from the jaws of defeat. It was just a, an unbelievable experience, I think, and I'll have to admit, I had my doubts right up until the point we catch the touchdown and even then with 15 seconds, I thought it was scary <laughs> and it obviously was, but it we talk about a turn of events in that stadium. It was so absolutely tremendous. What did you guys think? Watching it at home, Connor, what did you think from the stands? <laughs> I mean, Lucas sent us a good text after when he saw our video and said, uh, Connor looks like he's just in shock, and, and that's, that's completely what it was. I couldn't, I couldn't stop laughing, couldn't stop smiling. It was pure jubilation um, after we bat the, bat the final pass down in the end zone for the Hail Mary attempt, which – even then, I was nervous that they're going to find a way to pull this one out. But it's just that kind of game. Could it you was. Imagine the, and the Hail Mary we're almost always it. on that end of it with, yeah. with, a, with a last minute touchdown. It, in my history, it's always we're losing. We're not winning those. Yeah. And it was, I don't know, it was just, again, I'm going to, I'm in such a, a great mood. We're going into a bye week with, with a win like this. Um, like you said, Steve, there was some good, there was a lot of good, there was some bad. Um, at the end of the day, and I think I've, I've really liked this quote from Brent all season, is you go 1-0 this week, it doesn't matter how you do it. And, and that's exactly what we did. Um, so I'm just beyond happy. I, I am coherent for, for those of you who were worried about me. Um, <laughs> it was a great day at the fair, great weather. This atmosphere, I don't know if I felt an atmosphere like this for an OU Texas game in my, this is my 14th Um I don't think I've felt anything like this since I've been going to the game. So it was... It was special. It was electric. I mean, it was it was one for the ages, one that I, I definitely am never going to forget. It's going to be on the on the watch list for uh, off-season previews and, and hype, uh, hype games that I get ready for this season for. So now overall, just an amazing victory. 
um, for what seems to be an amazing team. So, uh, Lucas J, how'd it look from TV from, from back in the great state of Oklahoma? I want to start off by thanking Team 129 for giving my mom a fantastic birthday present. Oh, yeah, happy, yes. I, happy absolutely. Birthday. Today's her birthday, birthday. birthday. and Neva, last year. I know we've had some, some differences. I know we've, we've butted heads a couple times, but just know on the pod, we do love you. I do love your son, regardless of what I, I think of him. Uh, but yeah, happy we birthday. We tolerate him. Happy birthday. <laughs> last year, my sister's birthday fell on our K-State loss on game four, I think, last year or whatever it was. But So I was a little worried that this might be a trend of family member birthday losses. But today, uh, my mom got the victory, so that's pretty sweet. Um, watching at home is always a mixed bag because you have, I have mixed feelings because I love it and hate the game going, going to the, the Cotton Bowl. And so when not being there and feeling like we – controlled most of the game but then to give up there at the end to to give up the field goal to go down and then um go you know we've had our feelings about gabriel all season but the last couple games dude's had a chip on his shoulder he's performed so going on that final drive to win it was incredible agreed it was absolutely awesome um my son and i were at home cheering as just loud as could be he was jumping off the walls particularly the first quarter. Um, just a good performance. Like we've like we've been mentioning, there's, you know, good and bad to the entire game today. But you can't take anything away from the performance today. The defense was uh, bend but don't break. We were relent- relentless with our pressure and we bent there pretty far in the second half, yeah, but man, Gabriel was- <laughs> Gabriel uh, I've been a, a pretty big critic. There's still room to improve. There's still things he can get better at. But he definitely showed up today and uh, cemented his name in Sooner lore. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also a critic, also concerned about what his limitations are. But I set this as a, not just for Gabriel, but for the team, a benchmark game, um, a barometer of where we are, what our trajectory is, what what we can achieve, and it's a milestone that we achieved, we accomplished, and both the team did as well as Dylan Gabriel. <clears throat> I'm delighted in what Dylan was able to do today. I would rate his performance in running the ball as an A plus. Absolutely. His passing probably a B minus. Um, some of that is play calling. We'll get into that. So there's some some blame to go around and that gets to some of the squandered opportunities but when you have squandered opportunities it means you're creating opportunities and so there's a lot to be positive about in that regard too and I, I'm just I'm, I'm a lot more optimistic about what this team can achieve with Gabriel under center and as a team because of what I saw today. I mean that's the we, we talked about it beforehand that's that environment to go in there his first time I think at times he looked like he was maybe playing into it a little bit, playing into the, the noise and the hype. And um, at times it looked like it was a little bit much for him just with some of the rush rush throws that I think he had. And um, it boils back down to some of the execution and maybe the lack thereof at, at times. But to be able to, to go in, that final drive was that final drive was poetic. I mean, it was... Everything that you wanted, have we? Everything that I've been wanting to see, all come together, 
And we can credit some of that to maybe Texas playing a little bit soft, but regardless. But he took what he what Gabriel took what us. they gave it to what they gave him and he executed it. And from the first pass of that drive to the very last pass where he finds where it looks like he's going down, getting sacked and is still composed enough to see the open guy in the back of the end zone, Nick Anderson. Oh, the composure and quality through On that Incredible. last on that last drive, um, there was two two plays for me that were very impressive. I think it was after this Stoops first down, Gabriel makes a very long, very far throw to the sideline. I thought he threw it out of bounds. To uh, Farouk. Farouk. I thought I he mean, launched that was it out of bounds. A, that was his arm strength usually isn't capable of making that kind of throw. It was a great, great read, great throw. And then the touchdown, I don't know how it was for you guys, but from on TV, he was swallowed, swallowed in the we pocket. Saw it. I, I don't know, even know how he got the ball. He off, does to be some kind of strange disappearing act where he ducked his head and he pops up to find the receiver. It is it's phenomenal. I'll yeah. tell you what happens in that play is Walter Rouse literally blocked two guys. Yeah. He had two hands. He had a hand on each guy's chest. He had a hand on the on the defensive end, and then, I don't know, it was a linebacker or whatever, was coming around the edge, and he put his left hand out, and he literally blocked two guys at once. And I think Gabriel felt that one of them was going to get through, so he ducked down to absorb it. And then once Rouse blocked the second guy, he popped up and saw Nick Anderson in the corner. It, it was, was incredible. Yeah, I thought it was a sack. It was so perfect. Ava was right down there in the student section. She saw it all. I mean, it was right in front of her. Those kids got quite a show there for the for the the, the game winning catch. Just tremendous. Just you know, tremendous. An interesting awesome. play that probably no one's really going to think about or talk about or even remember years down the road. Uh, the Aaron snap that happens when Gabriel's not ready for it. It goes. 20 yards past him. Mm-hmm. It he bounces it right down. back up to him. He keeps and he throws it away. Yep. That is a towards the receiver. It is such a headsy smart veteran play. I mean that that is a game changing, game saving play. Like I said, we're not even going to remember it probably when we look back on this game, but that was a massive massive play in this game. That's a really good point and it's a little stuff like that that probably goes unnoticed. We, we definitely notice a lot of the mistakes he makes, but we need to recognize things like that that go unappreciated and get forgotten because you're right. In the history of this game, that'll, that will never come up in a highlight reel. As many great highlights as there were in this game, that won't come up. And it was, what a tremendous college football game. Just everything about it was so awesome. Um, to The back and forth, the various uh, the swings in the score, the um, the bo- the block punt, the turnovers, just so many things that were absolutely epic as a college football fan to sit and watch, and then to be the team rooting for the team that's on the winning side of that is just is is, is so amazing. It's 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 hard to put it into words for sure. So let's talk about a few things that we feared. We mentioned on the pod early uh, in the midweek that we feared might happen and actually came to fruition. <clears throat> so things and things we've talked about in previous pods. One of them was I worried about trick plays not working. We had several trick plays that did work. 
we direct snap to um, a, a Farouk. to Farouk as a running back in the backfield, and that was great. That was awesome seeing that succeed. But we had several things that didn't work. One that I can't remember offhand that was early in the game before, I think, the block punt. And then we had the reverse on the kickoff that was poorly executed. And we come back, and it puts us from a really good gain to having the ball deep in our own territory. Yeah, I question doing that coming out of a play where they get a celebration penalty. and That's when I said we should do it. Did you, see, see, I, I disagree because I think you've already got the field position because you're getting 15 yards already. So you I just, guess the reason it sets up well, though, it sets up really well because of where you are on the field. You're not catching it in the end zone. You're catching it on the 10 or 15-yard line. And so that's where you have that opportunity to do it. I mean, I, I, I see it. I see it both. I tend to think it's a good thing. You just got to execute it. Um, so it – it worried me, but we overcame those mistakes. Speaking of trick plays, mm-hmm. how about the fake punt? Ballsy. What, what were we doing on that play that just allowed him to to take the snap and just run it they, to the corner? They overloaded that left side, and we did not adjust for nope. it. Yeah, we no. didn't adjust. That that was the play that a lot of people haven't even thought about really since the game. And, and that was that was a critical, that, yeah, critical I mean, one. They go was, down. Our defense was was stopping. We, we just we intercepted. Well, the, the ball before and and then and then subsequently to that we had the controversial fumble overturned, which yep. we think technically shouldn't have been overturned because of how it was decided on the field. Regardless, we go down in the red zone and create a turnover and interception, ball don't which was great. <laughs> yeah, that's what Connor said. He said I, the ball don't. Yeah, lie. I was like, that's karma. <laughs> My dad texted, "That's a ball don't lie moment right there." <laughs> so we overcame a little bit, but you can't count on that. Um, Texas, we worried that Texas would have success over the middle, and sure enough, they did. They had a lot of success over the middle. Um, it seemed like, though, defensively, we were giving them that to make sure they didn't hurt us deep. They, they, Ewers hurt Alabama deep, and he did not hurt OU deep today. There was one, maybe two deep balls. Um, one was, And then a third that was really well defended. Uh, Texas thought it was pass interference. We broke it up. That was great. Um, but the success over the middle definitely g- gave them the, the ability to advance the ball and get it <clears throat> deep into territory. But again, we rose to the occasion and stopped them, holding them to fill goals and, and causing turnovers. And having what we'll talk about in a minute was a tremendous fourth, uh, 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 four down on the on goal the, line stand. Goal four, line stand four, on the first and goal from the one. First and goal from the two or the one, and then yeah, and the move one. them backwards. Move them back for yard. me Just personally. Awesome. That's the I call it play of the game. It was a series of the game for me, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, that it's a, is, it's, a, it's a defining we, it's a defining moment. For it's just and we come out and we take the ball down the field. It's just something that we have been incapable of doing for a decade. And especially when they bring in the jumbo package, they bring in their two star defensive tackles to put in fullback position, and we have just not been built to be able to withstand a jumbo package at the goal line, and to rise up like we did, it was just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. It was, and it was every variety of, of thing that you face in that type of a situation, and yet in every aspect, we we stopped them. We stopped the jumbo package. We stopped the, the pass in the flat. We blew it up actually got there maybe late and still were able to stop Worthy from getting in. 
Um, just awesome. We talked awesome. a lot about the corners on those just wide receiver screens or whatever you want to call those. And then the like the get a running back in motion, immediate throw. And all season long, we've done really well with getting a two or three yard loss on a lot of those plays because our corners have been so good. Getting off and the then blocks. today we did it again. Uh, like that, that fourth down play is, is evidence right there on the goal line stand. But other times throughout the game, it was there. Gentry Williams come up and make a tackle on a two yard loss on, yep. on a wide receiver screen. And yep. we, were, we were blowing up the blockers on those and getting to them. So another thing we worried about, we worried about a lot was bad snaps. And we had several snaps that were up and to the right. In fact, one where Gabriel wasn't ready and it, it goes, it sails way behind him. He was snapping the ball so hard today. Which, I mean, like, it's just, I maybe that's my design. Maybe that's how they're like, hey, this is how I want you to snap the ball to me. But if you're going to do that, it needs to be in the breadbasket every single time or yep. exactly where Gabriel wants it. And it was. There's no way he wants it to. It was right hitting side. him up in the shoulder multiple times. And I'm like, man, it's. It, and like Jay ugh. says, it's a, it's a tremendous play that, that Gabriel comes in and saves the day with a veteran move that could turn the, the game in a way that's extremely negative for us if, if he doesn't make that play. So we've got to get better at snaps. Little things like that, but it was just little things. So many big things we did right. Um, other things that weren't going right to keep on sort of that. Go ahead. Sorry, I want to touch. I want to touch on the snaps. Um, so a lot of teams, what the center will do is he'll look underneath and see that the quarterback has given the signal like I'm ready, and then the center snaps it when the center is ready. Right. We choose to do a clap. To me. We almost exclusively snap it right after the clap. I don't, I don't know that that's the best strategic way of doing that because they it's an easy are way going to get to timed. The snap. Yeah, I mean, it's an easy way to get timed. It just yeah. to me that's it's interesting. That is that's a good point. That's a real good point. It's a strategic decision we're making in our offense that could be giving away too much to the defense. I hadn't thought about it that way. It's not like he claps and then four seconds goes by and the center. I mean it's pretty immediate well if you're if you're a linebacker like brian bosworth you you key off on that that's what he used to do is he knew when that snap was coming and he'd start running because he knows when that yeah, ball's coming i mean i think you know looking way ahead uh someone like a Saban or a kirby smart or someone they are going to absolutely use that to time to time play now if you're really smart you change it up for that game Thinking that then you take advantage of it. That's very difficult to do. It's difficult to get out of your rhythm and decide, oh, by the way, now, from now on, we're doing it differently, and you choose when to snap the ball. Because you know your offensive linemen think of when to go. Now, I noticed several times we were clapping, and it was a fake clap. So maybe that is an advantage that you get in that situation. That it still seems the, like... They know the real clap. and I'm pretty sure the majority of the time... It's a one clap and it's. A we snap. did a pretty good job, I feel like, earlier in the season of getting free plays yeah. by drawing them off sides the first couple games, I think. But the last couple, I don't think it has been. And but. against better teams, you're not going to get them off right. sides. Some other things that aren't working um, special teams. So let's start with punts. We need to punt the ball better. We need to punt the ball with some urgency, with some deliberateness, and we need a punter who can kick the ball. This is getting really frustrating, the fact that these punts are just way too short. But beyond that, you cannot take that amount of time. And I know there's missed blocks, and you don't want missed blocks, 
but that's going to happen. You And you've got to look and see what the defense is doing. And if the defense is lining up in a way they're coming, get the ball off. Well, you're in the back of the end zone. You're in the back of the end zone. I don't, again, we talked about it during the game. I don't care if you're, I don't care if that's one situation where it's like 30 yard punt, fine. Just get it out. Yeah, you don't take your traditional time steps. And it's, it's a one step kick. And Jay, to to allude back to your. Because 30 yards downfield is better than a touchdown. Yeah. To the argument that you made, I, I still don't necessarily agree I would trade, you know, maybe our best second-string guy for the best punter. But at this point, I'll trade something for a pun- <laughs> for a punter. Like like I've always said, put a running back back there, a guy with a strong leg. Let him do something. Let him just kick the ball. Just kick it. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't understand it. I, I think that it's a shortcoming and something that we're not recognizing. Another thing is... We're not good at field goals, and those are critical in big games. They look like they were going to be really critical today. I look at it two different ways, or two different criticisms. One is you've, you've got to be able to have a kicker you can rely on. And two, as a coaching staff, you got to have the numbers and know your kicker, not the average kicker, not the dream kicker, your kicker. Can he kick, and what likelihood is he going to have of hitting a 45-yard field goal. What was the win situation in the stadium none. today? Oh, none. Basically none. Pretty normal. Basically and, none. And that was a 44-yarder? 40, 45. 45-yarder that was, what, three yards short? At least. Three yards short. Yeah. So how, you how does gotta, that happen? How does that happen? For but a Division One kicker. That's a very low-probability kick. What's your chances of getting the fourth, down, you know, fourth and four versus kicking the field goal and getting three points? Expected value-wise, I've got to think it's a lot higher to go for it well, I, in I'm that situation. I'm a super fan of a, of a pooch kick, too. So. And that also could have been strong. So, you know, line up with Gabriel and have, give him the option of if you see, you know, even if you have to give him the signal, run the play if I give you this signal. If I don't, just quick kick it. Um, and in both cases, you have probably gained an advantage that you otherwise definitely don't get when you miss a, a field goal as badly as we did. So that that was problematic and frustrating. I thought uh, <clears throat> I blame the coaching staff on that as much as anything. Um, any other things like that to nitpick, or things that we've talked about as concerns coming into this that we realized? Um, I would say one thing that was a little frustrating to me was right at the end of the game, we were running guys on and off the field in a in a trying to figure out what defense we wanted right before Texas. We do stop them and, and cause a, uh, give make them kick a field goal. We let 25 seconds go on off the clock roughly before we ultimately end up calling a timeout. Yeah. And it's our second timeout that we call yeah. because we called another timeout earlier in the second half that was critical. No, that was that was the final drive where they go and. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, like yeah, you said, yeah. get the field goal. Sorry. It was a minute, and we and had so, it was less than two minutes on the clock. A minute twenty-nine to play on the clock. It could have been minute you know, fifty, a minute fifty-ish, something like that. That was really a critical mistake on our coaching staff's part. That that was a little bit frustrating. So that goes along too with um, we ended up going up by 10, 27-17, and I believe we threw ten straight passes. So. Uh, I know there's a lot of game left, but you still need to milk as much clock as possible. Not to mention, we are still snapping the football 
<laughs> of too, seven too soon. with 24 seconds left on the play. There was ball. like eight minutes left in the game, and we're snapping it at 18. We I'm not. It at 22. We're, you're, I'm not trying to only snap it and then punt, but there's literally at that point no reason our offense of running out there quick over and over isn't fooling anybody. Maybe it does wear the other team down at some point, but with a team like Texas that has the athletes, I don't think it is. And those minute and a half, two minutes worth of clock could have screwed us. They could have. I will. It ended up helping us at the end of this game because yeah. then we had we did have a minute fifteen left on the it, clock exactly. or whatever. I, I, I was really on the fence about how worried I was about that at that point. There was about eight minutes to go. You're up a touchdown. I could see the, the math being either way that you don't know exactly what the situation's going to be. If you're up 14, it's a lot easier to say run clock. Yeah. If you're up seven, you need a touchdown about as bad as you need anything, and you may need the, enough time with the ball back. Kind of run your offense, but the only reason though I is don't that, that and that's that that gives me the reason why I wanted to run clock. I made a comment during the game for that exact reason. Our offense wasn't being super productive at that point. No. So, I mean, after productive plays, I understand run your offense and try to find that rhythm again, but we weren't we weren't establishing rhythm. Um, we, and it was before the drive, it was before the drive that they went down to score the tying touchdown. We get a couple of productive plays and then stall out, but we're still snapping the ball pretty early. With, and that, I think that was with like seven or so minutes on the clock still. Um, I don't know. I yeah, think we there's, the ball back with like six. Seven. I think there's something to be desired there. I think there needs to be a couple of conversations that happen to say, I mean, it, it looked like a team, and given we haven't been in a lot of situations where we've been in big games where we're having to try to figure out how to go and close them out, yeah. especially a game like that where, as we've talked about, momentum is everything. So, I mean, I understand running your offense and trying to get in the end zone, but – I don't know. They, I would imagine your game plan you is, and maybe this is unrealistic based on our prior comment, but your offense, your your game plan there is get down and kick a field goal to go up by 10 points with about three minutes to go. And that means probably run some clock to get you in that position so that they've got to score two touchdowns in three minutes or get two scores in three minutes. And that puts them in a much more difficult situation. I think a great chess match that was going on today was um, Sarkeesian, he changed up a little bit what he does, and he was running more hurry up than they're used to. And you could see that our defense was not set. Like yes. maybe that yep. whole late third quarter, mm-hmm. early yep. fourth quarter. Our guys are still Our guys up the line were not ready yep. for no. the play to be called. So BV's, he's got us, you know, I'm – it's probably hypercritical, but you have to just kind of be okay with maybe what you call. What you got, yeah. Because our guys perfection. were standing up on their, some place. With their arms up saying, what do we do? And I mean, the D-line well, didn't even they have their even, hand in They the weren't even set. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just, yeah. Um, but, you know, good on, good on Texas. I'll give them credit for that, for figuring that out or knowing BV's tendencies. And then on the other side of the ball – for us, um, I was impressed with the fact that we knew we could wear them out by simply not 
changing personnel. Yeah. And and it worked for us it, it because worked. Uh, there were several times where we probably wanted to change personnel. We probably needed a running back to come out. We we probably wanted starter to come out for somebody else, etc. But they were getting gassed, and yep. you just keep going and going and going. Well, and that's the kind of thing where even though you know, in our opinion, Stogner is not a great option at all. But if he happens to be in there, he's better than. Um, just don't, don't go away from him. He's better than a substitution that allows him to get right. fresh legs in there. On on the Tywee Walker touchdown that made it 17-14, Stogner had a pull and and blew the guy up to caught to to make that touchdown happen. Um, I can't remember which end zone was that in the Texas end zone to make it 17-14. I think that's right. Was that the second quarter? I, th- I think it was the second quarter. But on watching the replay, of that Stogner literally came across like a pulling guard and blew this dude up that allowed Walker to, to punch it in the end zone. And then Stogner, did he have one catch? No, he had more than that. He had, two, no, he had, two, no, he had like three. Yeah, yeah, I'd say a three, three and a, four. Three and a drop or three and a – I got the box score. Gabriel drop. kind of bullied <clears throat> into Yeah, him. a poor throw by Gabriel. Um, it. Let's see, Stogner finished with three for 24. He had an 11-yard catch. That was a really – Really solid catch. It uh, was a solid catch. So, as much as we've been down on him, he that one block sealed the touchdown for us, and then um, the, the couple catches did move the change, so that was nice. Um, let me look at my notes. I had something else. Oh, did, did were y'all? Did y'all see Gabriel's hand bleeding profusely? Yeah, could you guys see that? We couldn't see it. His yeah. his right hand after he got. I don't think he got sacked. He just got hit after no, it a was, throw. It was the no. It, that was after the play where it went. Um, the snap went past him. Oh, I don't okay. know where it happened. Like. Yeah. So he comes up and his hand, his his right finger is just bleeding all over the place, huh. and it was crimson last I checked. That's right, so baby. Dylan Gabriel does bleed crimson, so that's I love it. That's good to know. And and he went down and got a touchdown on that drive, so that was pretty impressive. Yep. Uh, we'll take that all day. I, I, I don't. I don't want to really be an advocate of bloodletting, but if that's what it takes to beat Texas, I'm oh, I, I thought for a minute that once once he went back out there that they may put uh, Arnold in just to get yeah. to get Dylan's finger cleaned up. Yeah, because the next the next series he had they had it uh, bandaged yeah, up. But they went ahead and finished that series. Yeah, that was that was something. Um, it was. I just just again taking a step back. It's just that game was so. Full of theatrics. There's, I mean, we saw it all. We saw a block every punch for a touchdown. We saw a fake field, uh, yeah. fake punts. We saw game-winning yeah. drives. Whoever wrote the script to this game, terrible punts, sick mother effort, I mean, missed yeah. field goals, everything, everything except for a safety, essentially. Yeah, except for a safety. <laughs> great turnovers, great, great goal line stand, great uh, epic drives on both for both teams. So both teams left um, points on the board, so to speak. I think OU left more on the board. Texas missed some opportunities, uh, obviously deep in the red zone several times. Either settling for field goals or not coming away with any points is pretty bad with turnovers or stopped on downs. Great hit by Bowman. Great hit by Bowman. Absolutely tremendous hit to cause the interception. Um, so The defense pass rush today was oh. phenomenal. Um, Ewers didn't look comfortable the entire game, and we talked about that in the pregame pod. How many hurries do you think there were? 
I don't, there were I don't, five we had, sacks. We had five sacks, and they only had a, a one sack in two hurries on on record. And and this was a vaunted Texas defensive line yep. with NFL guys. They had their way with our line. Five, five sacks with ten tackles for loss. Yeah, and yep. our line was you know it has been questionable. We all haven't been. We've been happy with pass protection, but not run protection. But, yeah. but still, to come out of this game with one sack and two hurries for your offensive line, and conversely, like you talked about, we pressured them all day. Yeah. Ewers never got comfortable. And like I said, in the previous part we talked about, that was one thing that he he does have problems with when he gets uncomfortable. He does tend to sail the ball or you know, throw it down to where a defender can tip it up and and who knows what happens. And and that's what was going to be so frustrating about them when I thought they were going to win the game is because, I mean, Sarkeesian did draw up a really, really good second half offensively. He didn't let that pass rush that we had affect them because they were getting the ball out so fast. They were running a lot of play action, immediate quick slants or um, just dump off routes uh, yeah, over the middle. Right at the middle. Yeah, that seam route. Oh, my gosh, man. That's killer. Yep. So, I mean, he – he made a really, really good uh, and we, we, halftime adjustment. We tend to think that the giving up the, the across the middle, which we worried about, was maybe more of our game plan to not get beat deep. But I will say I agree with you, Connor. Their adjustments may have been better than our adjustments at halftime. Um, and you mentioned, and I wanted, I wrote it down. You mentioned during the game, Connor, that Sark had it dialed in on that last scoring drive for Texas. He had it really figured out. But even with that, even with on the last second drive to try and win the game after we take the lead to, to go ahead to win it, um, we were in a very bend, don't break. And we did. We bent and we did not break. We forced them, even with a, a very frustrating uh, unsportsmanlike conduct that gave them a first down, we forced them to kick a field goal at the end of their, for their last scoring drive. We stopped them when we had to stop Forced them. them to kick a field goal with time on the clock. That was great. And and really paralleling to that, <clears throat> Ewers, I think he had his best game of the season, maybe his best game of his career. He was hitting passes. He was doing everything he needed to do against a, a defense that was really challenging him, so this, and we won. Since you guys were there, you probably didn't, weren't aware of the stat, but I think he completed 19 passes in a row, which is a record in Wow. I mean, he went 31 for 37. Yeah. I mean, it was. Yeah, he, he hit 19 in a row. What was his QBR? His QBR was only 75.8. What uh, was Dylan's uh, numbers? Dylan was he's 23 a, of 38 with a 93 QBR. He's the first OU player to throw for 250 yards and run for 100 yards against Texas. Wow. Which is shocking after Kyler Murray, the, the comeback yeah. in the 2018 game. I would have bet you anything that he would have had. That 250 passing pass. and 100. And Kyler had like a 70-yard yard touchdown run. run. Yeah. Well, he yeah. must have had the running and not the passing. Yeah. So he was, I think Dylan today was the fourth most yards against Texas in, in history. Um, the others almost all, all of them being recent guys. Yeah, Baker, Baker, Kyler. Kyler, Jalen. Yep. Baker twice, I think. Was so tre- yeah, tremendous. I mean, I wrote it down. DG was clutch in the final drive. He was absolutely clutch. Um, with his arm and, and with Levy his legs. was clutch. Everything was clutch in that final drive. Being able to run the ball on designed quarterback draws, essentially, where they had the running back out blocking for, you know, he may fake the handoff, and then the running back was pushing up the middle, and Gabriel was able to follow the running back or the left tackle or whatever. That 
he, last year we didn't really get to do because we had no backup. This year you do have a, a solid backup, so you're able to do that a little more. And it seems like we saved it for the most part until the last couple games we've kind of busted it out. And that was the difference in winning and losing today. Absolutely. Was, was yeah. Gabriel's rushing yards. Our, it, you know, our run game, our traditional run game with running backs is still – a that's, work in progress. It's got to get better. Some of us scheme. Like, we're just running guys up the middle with no special blocking. You know, we don't have the, the GT counter or anything that, of the previous era. And it seems like man-on-man, man, these guys just aren't great run blockers. And we don't utilize the edges. And we're not running anything off tackle. Other than throwing to a receiver as a, as a quote-unquote run play, essentially. But the Farouk, when Farouk lined up in Wildcat... He makes he, a move. He was getting yardage with no problem, but you also have that extra blocker back there, which is essentially the same as the Gabriel running plays, which makes me wonder why in the hell we don't have a fullback. Or, you know, I don't think Stogner's a guy. Maybe Blake Smith is a better can learn to be a better blocker in a fullback role in situations, or even goal line where you put I mean, we saw Texas bring out two defensive linemen or whatever Again, trying put to push panic it in. in there. Put something in there, like put Farouk in there. Yeah, run run a two back set where you've got Farouk and and Sawchuck. You got two speedsters. I mean, I'm not expecting diamond formation like we used to get that we all loved, or P Ryan Mixon there back there together. Options. I'm not expecting that, but to to only when you've seen it for five games previous that we cannot run the ball up the middle, and then we continue to just run the ball up the middle for two yard gains. It, it makes me wonder why we don't move try to try to get somebody to the edge, right? Be like a stretch play or something, because right. our receivers have shown that they can block. Yeah. So oh, they're so why great. why is it not? Maybe you have Stoops in the slot closer to the line, and you run a stretch play his direction, and he's the lead blocker essentially. Yeah. On a corner, and then if if a linebacker fills the gap. That's the only guy you really have to worry about, or else it's an eight to ten yard game. And that's something we've talked about as well as Stoops is the man. Stoops is just—he's a baller. He's a game maker. Um, and obviously, it came through on that last drive yeah, that, where, where that he's just, just essential <laughs> yep. in so many of those you know, two, two, the first two plays are to him. He's the go-to guy. <clears throat> Make him either the go-to guy or the go-to blocker, and let him lead the way and and open something up. I mean, I think all the way back to something twenty years ago with the little bubble screens to fast receivers and your receiving core is doing all the blocking. Yeah. That and maybe maybe a pulled lineman because it's a, a pass behind the line and they can be down the field. But either way, you, the action is down the field, not right there contained at the line of scrimmage. And back to your point on the last drive, I mean, it's been a while, I say a while, it's been a couple of years since we got that ball with a minute 17 on the clock with no timeouts. I mean, I thought I thought the story was written at that point, right? It's been a while since we've oh. had somewhere where I, I didn't have faith that we that this offense could go down, go seventy five yards in that amount of time. I mean, I, I was hoping for a field goal. Yeah, but I definitely was not expecting to go win the game. I was hoping for a field goal. I with my doubts about <laughs> overtime. I was yeah. never. I, mean, no, I had, would have had a field goal within the twenty yard. Yeah, line. we would have had to within get the red to the twenty oh, for a thirty-seven no, yard field goal to even have any kind of faith that it was going to be made. It, it was so. It 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 is. It's just amazing to see us do it because it used to be you really had a lot of faith that if we had a minute or two minutes, 
we could get a score. Plenty of time. Yeah. And that was with some of the most tremendous offenses and tremendous quarterbacks you'll ever see. We have a, a, an offense that is getting better, but it's not there yet. And we were able to do it. We yep. pulled it together, and we did it with stuff that was, like we said, giving, getting what the Texas defense was giving you, not throwing it up and getting lucky with a deep ball or something like that. We, we came down the field, and I mean, two of those are runs by Gabriel that are just tremendous to get one of us, one of them is to get him into Texas territory and the other is to get you deep into field goal territory. Into the red zone. When yeah. you then know your options are in front of you and yet we stayed aggressive and didn't settle for some idea of a field goal. Something I said to Connor on the way back, I said, is it a blessing that we missed that field goal so badly that we knew we couldn't count on that? Yeah. And so we knew we had to get a touchdown. How did Stoops get so open on that, on the long play? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, there was nobody around him. Safeties on TV. were playing soft in the back. Yeah, know, to get just bad. that, that conventional defense that every single team in the history of football has <laughs> ever tried. It just doesn't work. I don't. <laughs> the prevent. It's I, shocking to me. I think it does work. It just until work. it doesn't. No, no, no. I think it does it's work until worked. it doesn't because you're st- trying to not get beat deep, but you're not trying to necessarily give up. The pass, and they gave up the pass. That's the that's the error of the ways. And we we had our own doing the same thing today, where they had lots of success over the middle. I'm I'm sure if you talk to Brent or someone who would tell you, well, no, we're not trying to let them catch that ball. We're trying to make sure they don't catch this other ball. But we're trying to stop that ball too. It's just that one's the more likely one they're going to get. Um, Lucas, you had some notes, right? What else? You got? We've gone through most of them. Uh, I had. It was an amazing start with Gentry almost dropping that interception to start the game. <laughs> um, you probably couldn't see it from your seats, but he he got a hand on oh, it, and then he it. lost it, yep. and then re- and, and caught it as it. he went to the ground. Yep. And obviously, that was that jump started the whole game. I was scared right he didn't get the get the catch. Get yeah, the it was it was close. Well, what was so um, honestly shocking about that? You were. S- he had one interception the whole season, but I mean, he stood back there and looked that direction. I mean, he absolutely stared it down. He stared it down as much as I've ever seen anyone stare down a throw in my entire life. (laughs) Oh, in your entire life? Come on. Yes. I don't know about that. It felt like a full five seconds. He was just like looking at one guy. Oh, he makes his cut. I'm going to throw it. But again, we talked about it. So we have 12 interceptions now. And we also, we forced a fumble. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Actually, think, forced two fumbles, but one of them didn't count. I think this. But, I think the stat I saw tonight is we have the most turnovers through six games since like the O two defense, and or the second most since the O two O two defense, and we have the most interceptions or tied with the most interceptions since the two thousand defense. I mean, this is beginning wow. to feel a little bit like that. What was it? The twenty eleven OSU team yeah, that led the country in turnovers. Yeah. yeah. Because and they were in the right that. place at the right time, and it wasn't just gimmick, it wasn't just happenstance. It was I love they that forced strategy. the turnovers. I've been preaching it ever since they did it. It was a max aggression defense because they had an offense that could score, and they knew it. So they said, "Look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go for broke, yep. and we're going to try to stop you. And if we do, it's going to be a tremendous stop. If we don't, we're going to come score on you as well." And in the Iowa State game, we gave up two big touchdown plays on on stuff like that but we also came back after that pod and said we'll take away those two plays and we dominated this game but also 
we made him turn the ball over and other plays that kind of made up for yeah. giving up the two yeah. big touchdowns. And, and we really didn't give up any major long plays other than a couple of the seam routes today, but we forced three turnovers, could have been four. One thing that I'm going to spin to be a real optimistic take, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but I, one, one of the things I anticipated seeing, and I do not think we saw, again, correct me if I'm wrong, I thought we would see a lot more creativity and blitzes and different packages that I don't think we saw. My spin is we didn't have to do that. We didn't didn't resort to it, and we still had great success, which is tremendous. It's what you really want is to be able to run your base defense against your best opponent and have success. Texas lost their center early on in the game, which I'm sure affected some of their play calling. Um, But – and then I think did they lose another lineman at, later in the game? No, I think it was just, just it was him. just the center. It seemed like they had another injury later, but um, yeah, we didn't see any crazy stunts and you know corner blitzes like we've used in the past. It was man on man, and we dominated when Texas was supposed to be the trench team, and it was us. It was us. It did you really did we see us. anything? Speak of injuries, did did we hear anything back on Andre Anthony? No, I'm gonna. It didn't look like a knee. It looked like an ankle issue um, my, my tire went off in an air cast and his x-ray was negative i did yep. did yep. see that um gentry wasn't in there for the final drive yeah but uh i saw him running down the sideline like high-fiving and getting super excited he was in post-game interviews too so, so yeah i don't did i think Bo- did bowman right. come back out was bowman out there for the last couple minutes i believe he was i assume because he had that collision yeah we and thought it might be a i concussion. was thinking it might have been a concussion of no. some kind no, I missed that. If that was the case, there. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, when he. When, I went to mention. Yeah, yeah when so, te- when the Texas fans booed him because he was hurt on the field. Right. They thought it was that that he was just faking it. <clears throat> yeah. It was like Cincinnati did again with Canick, who hit, had to go to the hospital. Yeah. Right. We, we would not bleeding, fake that injury. We would not bleeding fake from our, inside. One of our best defenders going down. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to happen. You know, and way. um, you know, props to, um, the offensive line in general, but Caden Green. Came in yep. and manned up that that uh, our left guard was getting pushed around early, like shoved back into into right into Dylan, and Caden Green, true freshman, came in playing against uh, NFL defensive tackle and held his own and moved him for most of the game. So I think Caden Green has probably cemented himself as a left guard for the remainder of the season. And that's the side Dylan was running. Um, especially on that last drive, on those called quarterback draws, he exclusively ran left, you know, towards the left guard. And so if, if Green's in there at that age dominating yeah. a defensive – NFL defensive tackle. Good things to come. Yeah, that's that poses well for the future. And he's a – you know, quote, he's a tackle, right? Yeah. I, I think next year he'll be he'll a over. left tackle. Right. Um or if something happens to Rouse, I, I think there's a good chance that he'll they'll kick him back out to left tackle. But, you know, cross your fingers. Um, it's interesting how the offensive line comes together sometimes yeah. based off of an injury or yeah, two opportunities or, or opportunities. Need. Yeah. There's you know, a chance our, our O-line might, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with Matower. So that, that – makes me think of something that I wanted to point out as a criticism of Lebby a little bit on a play call and get back to a little bit of the what I think is a mistake on risk-return analysis. So 
I was criticizing the decision to kick a field goal from 45 yards out, a 45-yard field goal, where you could go for it on fourth and four. Later, everyone in, the game. in our section is saying and kick the field goal, and we're saying go for it, go for it, go for it. We can't make that. We can't make that. Well, later we on, we got a fourth and two, <clears throat> and it's a short two. It may I think it was fourth and two technically, um, and instead of what I would like to see, which is either a power run or roll Dylan out to his left where his strength is, give him a run pass option with a guy running out with a little waggle option, and, and Dylan can either toss it to him or run for the first down. He, he throws has to throw against the grain, against his body, to Stoops, who's going on an out pattern, to the far side, what ends up being the far side from the way the action was, and it's incomplete and didn't get the first down, obviously. It wasn't even close. Like, he wasn't had to even do close. like a pirouette to he try had, to catch it. And it was a poorly thrown ball. Yeah. Um, that's an and there's and to, I don't to understand DG's credit, that. There's not a lot of quarterbacks who can make that throw. Mm-hmm. There's a handful of quarterbacks probably in the league right now who can consistently make that. And, well, and you, even you, when they make it, it's impressive. Like, and, you don't, it's you just don't do the that. first down. Just don't do that. It doesn't give you a lot of options. I'd rather see something that if they make a mistake, like when Texas went for a fourth down and scored a touchdown off of it, that they line up in something that, hey, heads we don't we, – we get a touchdown, tails we don't lose so badly. Um, we may still get the first down. That was a, like – Give yourself a chance. All your chips on, on yourself one number. It was, it was, it was very, uh, very frustrating from that standpoint. There was, I have another small criticism. When he throws the running back swing pass to the right – he threw one to Major and just completely and whiffed. Too far like, in front of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's Major's swinging out there, and he, he throws it a yard and a half in front of him. Doesn't even give him a chance to catch it. Completely going away from and his And then momentum. it seems like there was another one that he threw that they had to adjust on the swing to catch it. And then by the time you adjust, you're, not, you're you know losing a yard or maybe getting back to the line of scrimmage. And the, the, the running back swing passes, and it's almost exclusively when he throws to his right that it just is rarely – a good throw. Yeah. So you would think in practice you would see that he's not making that throw. Don't call it. Or, and yeah, and don't call it in the game. Or throw the swing pass to the left, yeah. which is his more natural direction because he can take the snap and, Look and he's left-handed. Well, one thing we saw today, too, I mean, and maybe, again, maybe it's the atmosphere, the environment, but Gabriel just doesn't have the touch a lot that you need between it's either he's rifling the ball or it's just there's not enough on it type of thing there's not a lot of I need I, I only have to throw this ball 75% of my full strength to get it where I need it to go and then later on he was throwing 75% when he needed it to be there and he had two batted balls on that one drive yeah, that it was, was just that a stalled was out drive that was, that was we, did we stop them on fourth down and we had great field position and we and go three, squandered out, three and out just yeah. went three and out so no, was, that was after the uh, that was after the Peyton Bowen forced fumble. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yep. Yes, we get the forced fumble around midfield, and we yeah, we didn't do much. Completely with our don't do anything with it. Other than the first, other than the first one, one. Yep. we didn't do anything. Well, we did a lot with the first with the second one, and that we stopped but, the Texas score. Yeah, and we went. I think we went down and no, we, no, they blocked a punt. Oh, that's the blocked punt. You're right. Texas you're right, was right. three or four on fourth down today, and the one that they missed was the most important in the goal line stand. Yeah. And then obviously the fake punt that they got, but so they had two others that they had fourth and two or three and went ahead and picked up. Well, uh, 
I'll say something else about the atmosphere just to make sure it gets mentioned. And having gone to a lot of these, I know I mentioned it, a lot of OU Texas games, I'll say one thing as a um, kind of, you know, salute to Texas or whatever. Um, unlike in years past, they are showing up early. <clears throat> They're filling the stands early. They used to be notorious for not coming to the game. It's like, are, are their fans going to show up? They're showing up. And I will say, and it was confirmed by others sitting other places in the stadium, I think they were clearly louder than us. So, they were so they were freaking so loud. loud. They were so loud. They were so consistent. They were much louder on defense than we were. Um, I feel like it was a little shell shock or PTSD or something on our part that we're waiting for a mistake. Yeah. And we don't have enough faith that we can stop, and we need as fans probably to have more faith because we weren't giving our team the support that they were giving their team. <clears throat> Very impressed by that from their standpoint. Another thing that was interesting, and it isn't too surprising, because I don't know if you got the memo, but Texas is back, baby. They sold a lot of, they bought a lot of tickets in our section. The entire OU section yeah, had there was a, a lot, lot of, orange. of orange in yeah. it. Um, and they, they, that just shows that they had a lot of faith in what they were able to do and what they were going to achieve. And uh, I want to see us get back to believing in our team in a way that Texas apparently believes in theirs. Um, not that the fan base was bad by any means, but it is surprising to see that swing. And they are definitely the team that feel that coming into this game felt like they were the number three team in the nation. And we were a team showing up to try and thwart them. Um, well, and I said it on the way back. I mean, this felt like those early 2000, uh, you know, even 08, 09 OU Texas games where it's two juggernauts of teams meeting and just throwing haymakers at each other until the game's over. And yeah. it's it's from start to finish, right? Yeah. So there's been a lot of lopsided scores in the last 20 years. But, um, and OU's been on the, and the OU's winning been on the side, winning side on most of those. Oh, um, and by the way. All of them except for one, I think. Um, but it was just, I, it felt, ah oh man, it was so, it was so nostalgic. I mean, it was like prime for what we're about to head into next year going to the SEC. In the last 15 OU Texas games, and that includes the Big 12 title game, we are 11 and four. So all this, Texas is so much better than us. The recruiting is top five every year and we're top 10. And, you know, they've got all the athletes. They've got all this money. They're bringing in, you know, the, the great offensive coordinators and blah, blah, blah all the time. And we're still dominating. They're, yeah, they're, we are dominating. It's not Bedlam yet, but it's, it's getting there over the, last, <laughs> over the last two decades. Well, yeah, if you run the numbers, I mean, since 1950, since the 70s, obviously in the Stoops era and, and like you say in the last 15, we are dominant. We are absolutely dominant. And... We need to play like the dominant team and act and, and carry ourselves like the dominant team. I think we did more of that today than, frankly, we did in many years of the Lincoln-Riley era. When you saw um, in, in 2018 where we were half a team and we barely lose that game, um, we had, uh, I would say, an arrogance about us that was undue. Right now, we need to start getting not arrogance, but we need to start getting some attitude that we are the dominant team, and we can achieve more, and we got more going for us than they do. They're resting on their laurels. And the way I like to say it is, OU is ascendant. What we saw today is OU take the next step to the next level, 
And I see a lot of things that we're building on to get better. Uh, we're talking about all kinds of criticism. It's where OU can get better, and OU is going to be better. Um, I've got a lot of optimism about where we're headed. And I think I think Texas is on the same type of trajectory. Yeah, I bet, I bet the SEC is is not very happy. Some of those. Know, the, Sankey the, seemed pretty happy today, well, even after the game, because he's looking he's the, looking at shots. He's like, damn, we're adding those middle two of the road best, teams, though. Two those, of the best those top middle ten road teams, SEC in the country. teams are destroyed. not happy that OU and Texas are coming in. Yeah, the A and M, the Florida. Well, when, honestly, when Texas goes and beats South Bama, Carolina's, and then OU shows up and we do what we did today, everyone took notice. Absolutely, and I love it. I love it. I think it's awesome, and I'm I'm very optimistic from that standpoint. And I'll give Sark credit. Um, he's he has Texas going. In the he's right good, direction. man. He's he good. He. They I don't like a, him. They I, have a I different think he's attitude. A freaking goofball, but he's they carry themselves differently. Um, They've got. They're well. obviously recruiting well, but they're getting. You know, some of recruiting is just getting the right guys too, not just highly ranked guys. Like yep. Lincoln Riley didn't get the right guys all the time. He just he kind of took the numbers. What some of the numbers the said stars. you should take. And uh, I, I think, unfortunately or fortunately, if you're just a fan of football in general, Texas is going to stay good. And Well, I think Sark, I mean, if, if I'm going to handicap it, I'm going to say he is the best coach they've had since Mac, yeah. clearly. Um, he's got it together. And that's with all of his goofiness, well. but he does. He, he's, he's got it together. And I, and I don't put a lot of stock in some of this stuff that they do but they did all go together and and do the the texas whatever fight song at the end of the game after losing to the student section and he's got some coherence there and some morale building that is important and you've got to have that so i think texas is a bigger threat today than they legitimately were under the past two regimes and maybe bigger than they were under the end of the mac brown era so we'll see. Um, there's a couple different things then prediction-wise and <clears throat> where we're headed I'd like to talk about. Um, OU won today. They beat the number three team in the country. We're number 12. What should OU's rank be and what will OU's rank be tomorrow when the polls come out? I think uh, you had six, seven, and eight were all idle. Um, you had number 10 Notre Dame lose. Uh, we've got the USC game on now. They're about to take the lead, probably, even though in the late third they've quarter. had some junk calls go their way on some some interferences and holdings not being called, of course. But um, I don't see how I don't, don't see how we don't jump at USC. least to five. I'm with you. So tell me what you think we should be, and tell you tell me what you think they will be. I think five and five. I think uh, I think we should be number three. I think we will be number five. I think we should jump Florida State. I think we should jump Ohio State. I really do. I, I mean, the win that Ohio State had at Notre Dame is diminished now with another Notre Dame loss at what seems to be an okay Louisville team. I mean, they're undefeated. They're, it, that's on the road. But I think we're better than I, – I think our win is better than the Ohio State win at Notre Dame. It's the best win of the season. I, I think so. Um, I think so. I, I definitely. I think Michigan is the best team in the country. I think Georgia made somewhat of a statement today against a, you know, somewhat of a 
fake Kentucky team. I think that Kentucky just kind of fell into their number 14 ranking where they were at. Um, I don't necessarily think that I would put us above Georgia just because of what they have on their team. I think I'd be... But but the voters are not going to do that. No, but I think think it should be Michigan, Georgia, Oklahoma. I think the rankings, when they come out tomorrow, will be Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State, Oklahoma. What do you think, Jim? You're you're probably exactly right. Um, A frustrating part of these rankings are... You know, three and twelve aren't that far apart, especially when all the teams are there undefeated. You should easily be able to make a jump from twelve to three if you just beat three. Absolutely, it's just not that big of a deal. It, yep. it's not like it's you reasonable. have a couple of losses and nope. oh, we're gonna jump you over a bunch of other people. I mean, who's let's let's say USC finishes this game out tonight and wins, which they I will. Mean, you easily should jump them. Yeah, I mean you. You have literally the best win of the entire season because the praise that Texas got for going into Tuscaloosa and winning yeah. vaulted them to where they were at. Yeah. And then uh, they beat a Wyoming team that <laughs> nobody watched, and they move up a spot in the rankings even further. Uh, when no one got beat yeah, b- above right, them. Right, in this big of a game, you should have no problems with moving – just swapping spots. I mean, Penn Absolutely. State's a six. Their best wins, like West Virginia. Yeah. Washington has looked incredible. They don't uh, have any big wins. They they don't have any big wins, but they've blown everybody out. We'll see what Washington is next week when they go when they play Oregon. Yeah, that's going to be deciding. One of those teams is dropping, and then one but, of those teams next week will move above Oklahoma after that game, in my opinion. So probably. here's here's my view. I, I very much agree with you, Connor, <clears throat> and I agree with I agree with everything everybody's saying. Actually, um, Jay, I think you're exactly right. Um, there's a behavioral bias that comes in to this like it does in so many things and that is people refuse to change their mind there's an endowment effect they've made a decision about where things should be and they base it on past information and i mean past in terms of past seasons that aren't relevant um they need to be willing to know this is small sample size and so volatility right now should be tremendous what do you have to go on? It should well, be encouraged. The, it right. should be encouraged. And the only thing you have to go on is record and big games. And we've got both in our favor. Right now we're one of only two, maybe after tonight, three teams with a 6-0 and record. And that's the thing. I think it actually... And we have the best resume win among everybody. Yeah. I think, I think that is one thing with all of its flaws. We have seen the, the college football playoff committee do with those first rankings that come out where a lot of the time they will go against the grain of the AP to say, looking at the holistic view of what's happened this season, they're not taking into account the fact that Georgia two-time is, champion. is a two, two-time defending it national champion and, and they're undefeated right now. They do somewhat look at, and, and that's why I think that's why we used to get so pissed off when Lincoln was our coach. It's like, we're, look at us putting up all these points and, and – uh, you know what we're, we're undefeated. Why are we number nine? Right. And I'm, we're number US, nine because they're looking at it. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, I, I do. There, there is something to be said for that. But Steve, to what you, to what your question is, you, so you think we should be three? We will be five? Yeah, that's that's my guess. Yeah. Um, so I'll be pretty frustrated if we're not five. Um, and and I'll tell you another thing that's a bias factor that works in our favor. We played on the biggest stage today. 
had we not played on if for whatever TV reason, economics, you know, reason, this had not been the premier game, and if ESPN had already chosen to do game day somewhere else, you would not get the votes we will get because we happen to be there. And truth be told, there's something to be being Oklahoma Sooners. And when you're one of the traditional powers, you're going to get more credit than you otherwise would get. I'm not saying you don't deserve it. I'm saying lesser teams wouldn't get it. And so I do think we'll get to that number five ranking because of that. But we won't get to number three because they just won't. They, they refuse to basically say, I was wrong before, and now I'm going to completely change my rankings, based, which is totally reasonable based on evidence that I've actually witnessed watching the, the games. I mean, this is what's so silly is, you know, there's a chance that Texas is going to be fall behind Bama. In the yeah. race. Which is wrong. Right. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bama's at 11. They won today. They barely won today. Yeah. But they're not going to move back. I think right? Texas, where's I think where's te- Texas going to go? I think Texas probably lands at 8 or 9. Um, somewhere in there. You can't put them in front of Oregon and Washington, though. They probably dropped to 10 because Notre Dame lost. Uh, Bama shouldn't move up, but in front of Texas, obviously, because they beat them head to head. I mean, we're watching this right now. Like, it, so it, with that logic, let's say USC ends up closing this out. Does USC move? Is this a is this kind of a Texas Wyoming effect where uh, USC gets a scoreline and a, and a, a yeah. oh, victory yeah. and they move <clears throat> up to number eight? Yeah, they they probably do. Like USC's up twenty one twenty. Te- Texas, Texas would murder this USC team. Maybe maybe USC wins this game by three touchdowns and covers the spread in a game that didn't look very clean for them. No one's watching. And, yeah, they'll move up or they'll stay where they are. Our victory today wasn't fluky. So if anybody – if these voters watch this game, if you, if you look at the ESPN win expectancy rate or whatever they do with the little chart um, – OU was above the line the entire game for like until, 85% of the game. Until Texas kicked the field goal to take the lead. It was a sharp dip, all, obviously, all the way to Texas with 98% of one. Texas had a slight favor when they went ahead in the second quarter as well. Barely. Barely. And then, but the rest of the game, I mean, we, we, didn't, we didn't dominate this game, but we, we were leading this entire game for the most part, other than one or two small spots. And this wasn't a. Caleb Williams comes back and saves this type thing where, tech, where Texas dominated us for, for, for two and a half quarters. Fluky things, yeah. like fluky turnover, yeah. weird things. Yeah. I mean, if you want to get fluky, Texas had the the block punt for a touchdown. Um, they had a you know they had the fake punt get him a first down and they go score on that drive. But they didn't score but, on that drive. But it oh, ends up oh, it yeah. ends up setting up the block punt so, because after we so get overall, yeah. you can look at this game and say, oh, you deserve to win this game. They looked like the better team. This isn't, oh, they happened to win one at the last second because they lucked out. So, yeah. in that form, and everyone talks about, that should move us up. You know, Bama's defense, because, I mean, even part of this game, everyone said, yeah, our defense has improved, but, you know, we're not no, we're no Alabama defense, right? So, what's Texas going to do to us? Well, we looked superior Absolutely. to what Bama did. Absolutely. I said so, going into this game, I had an argument with someone, we are better than Alabama's defense. Statistically, we're better, and we proved it today on the field. Um, and it's in a hostile environment, too, no matter how you cut it. Whoever wins OU Texas won in a hostile environment. That's the nature of that beautiful game. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see how it comes out. 
Just keep winning. Just keep winning and it doesn't matter. So a couple of different things to talk about the future. I think when the ESPN rankings or the ESPN projections come out, we'll be something like 70, 75% likely to make the playoffs. Um, that says something. It says something about our relatively weak schedule, probably, although that's in flux. Um, we, we don't know what we're looking at. Oklahoma State beat K-State on Friday. We're, Kansas we're, looked good today. Kansas looked really good today. Kansas looked good today. So. West Virginia's still winning. So. Um, West Virginia's still winning. They look, they look strong. So um, that, that's in flux to see how difficult or not difficult our schedule really is. Yeah, that was an interesting game on Friday night because – One of the high school games? Yes, because um, Oklahoma State beating Kansas State – Regardless of today's outcome, that that really gives OU or Texas, with, without knowing what happened today, a, a leg up on it being a rematch. Yes. And I would say it's almost a foregone conclusion that it is going to be a rematch. It, it might have mm-hmm. been anyways, but that helped a lot. Well, that, Because Texas still plays Kansas State. That's one of my questions is... We still have Kansas on the road. This could come down to like a 2008 situation where... You know, Texas beat us. We beat Tech. Tech beats Texas. We we get the nod on that deal. This one could come down to maybe Kansas beats us, and then we run the table. Kansas runs the table. Texas runs the table. You've got three teams with one loss and a little triangle of everybody beat each other. I don't know what the tiebreakers are in that situation. It's not rankings anymore, I don't think. So who knows what that comes down to? What if what if we get we're the ones that left out. I think it's, it's like home, it's Kansas, Texas home and away wins or something like that, or I don't know, or it's something odd. Opponents, who yeah, knows? it's it's odd. Yeah, it's a, like like opponents. Yeah. So, let's talk about the rematch. Let's assume a Texas rematch. I'm going to be a homer on it. I'm going to say that we have got a lot of things that we could work on that we can get better and we'll get better on. We left a lot more on the field than Texas left on the field. I like our chances a lot. I think that in a, a neutral environment. Um, in Jerry World, we should be a favorite as, as we project out and assume that, that Texas and us are rematching. I think that we have the edge on them. Uh, what do you guys think? I don't want to look that far ahead, honestly. I'm like BV right now. Every each you week, have to. You're not BV. Each week is a game. You have to. And you have to win in that In a rematch. Game. Well, 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 just talk about in a rematch. What do you foresee being good or bad about that rematch? I mean, that's so far away just based on who knows who gets injured between now and then. Oh, let's, and just say, let's say rosters that went into the game today. We're the better team. We proved it today. And I we, hate we rematches. Led the whole game. I hate rematches because yeah. there's – it, it really is difficult to beat the same team twice. It really is. But I tell you, people say that, but that's just because it's difficult to beat difficult teams twice. It's also difficult to win against a team that beat you and a team that really, truly beat you. And we really, truly beat them. And one thing that helps in a motivational factor is we beat them by four points today. We didn't beat them by 30 points. And so... We've got every reason to believe that we're going to have to prepare and fight in that rematch versus any player who wants to think, oh, I've got this in the bag, and let's look ahead to the playoffs. Yeah, and I think with that, I mean, this team is building on itself week in and week out. You, you look back to a season like 2008 where you got to go beat Missouri twice, once in, uh, once in the regular season and then once in the Big 12 title game again. And similar, similar vibes there for me. Uh, I think 
Steve, to exactly what you're saying, that ascendance that we have. And I don't know. It, I, I've seen a couple of quotes come out from uh, Venable's postgame. I'm going to go back, back and watch some of it. But what he's saying about we have all the pieces, um, we have everything that we need. To get a guy like Brent Venables to say that right. is, I, I don't think, he's not, he, he's not saying that. He's not BSing us. Brent Venables is notorious for his coach speak, but that is something that I do not his think. His coach he, speak goes the other yeah, way. He would not say that unless he felt like that was the case. Yeah, I think you're and right. And I, I think if <clears throat> we continue on this winning, I mean, we, we have two interesting games coming up. We have UCF, which is going to be a really good primer for the game up in Lawrence in a few weeks. Um if you can go into Lawrence and make a statement, you're setting up for a November that is, I mean, you can just take off. And I'm going to sit here, I'm going to say it. I, I have expectations at this point of not only making it to the conference championship, winning the conference championship, and making, making the playoff. Yeah, you um, have to. I think, it, I think that the is numbers the numbers are there. That's the bar at this point. So, well, anyways. I think you have to. I think you have to look at it from that standpoint. Um, we have to now seriously get get serious about talking about national championship opportunities. And this is a team who's got their sights set on that, and I, I think they've got every attitude about getting better. And look at what we did in just the one example from last year. We got better as the year went on, even though we got weak because of our lack of depth. We got better in many facets. And the one facet that we fell short was defense, and we're already there. Yep. So I think we're going to get stronger and better and smarter about what we do. And we've got a lot of time to work through and get better. So let's talk about record. Who's going to – are we going to revise our record predictions? I am. We're going to be 12-0. Our regular season record is going to be 12-0. I'm going from 11-1 and to 12-0. What do you guys got? I'm going from 10-2 and to 11-1. Um, I don't think there's any team out there in the conference that's better than us. But this is Oklahoma, and it's super hard to go undefeated, as we've proven over time. Winning, um, winning is hard. Winning is hard. And so winning all one, your games one is of those hard. games that you're not expecting jumps up and bites you or a couple calls go the opposite direction or Bounce a the turn, turnover here and there. I, I think we could still lose one. So I'll say 11-1 and one is my revised record. I'll adjust mine up as well to 11-1 and one, um, with a strong caveat that I'm very tempted to go Steve's route and go up to that 12-0 and so after I think what none I saw of us, today. Well, go ahead, Jay. Tell me. Tell me. Agreed. I'll move up a game for, for the same reasons Lucas alluded to. Um, every, every year, you know, college football fans sit around and right this time of year we're looking at it and we're like, ah, there's only four teams make the playoffs and there's – nine teams that look like they're going to go undefeated and it never happens right so so i'll look at it from this standpoint in probability i'll say that i think we're going to win an expected value of 11.7 games and that rounds up to 12 and 0 um i will not be surprised if we go to 11 and 1 i don't think any of you guys will be surprised if we go 12 and 0 i think we'll actually be surprised if we lose two games at this point yeah, because we just got past. I'll be more the disappointed than surprised. I'll be disappointed yeah, at if this we, point, lose, two we lose two games. I'll be very disappointed. Yeah. It would ha- it would have to be a major, major injury, injury. Yeah. or several several injuries, um, bounces to the football, weird stuff. Weird stuff has to happen. So, how was it fishing today, guys? Uh, you know, it was. I'll, I'll say <laughs> this: it, this conference <laughs> is so damn rinky dink. 
<laughs> I feel like the lack of professionalism and the lack of knowing what the hell they're doing is just evident in their indecisiveness and their, um, I don't know, lack of making the call on the field the way it probably should be and then in a reversal coming out and saying the wrong thing even though you're maybe making the wrong, arguably making the right call, you're saying it the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the um, fumble. The punt. Yeah, the fumble. Um, it it was, was very the, frustrating. What was the play that we caught a pass and they went to review it? And it yeah, was yeah, I, plain as day. Angel Anthony caught, caught it. it. Yeah, it was. I, it was plain as day. And next slowed thing down you know, their momentum. It slowed down yeah, their that's, pace. They stopped it to review yeah. it. And I was like, what are they reviewing? He clearly caught that ball. They didn't get the spot of the ball right. They were having to reconfirm that. That's it, my biggest complaint of the day. I mean, from an overall like calls made or or missed i didn't see a ton where i was just like that's a blatant that's a blatant miss call or i'm sure there was some times that i was yelling holding because that's just what i do and what fans do i think we missed some i mean i think but but and and maybe so on the other side on the other side as well so either team got an offensive holding call no but um and no we did uh ethan downs and no no i'm sorry um on the end around, we just reach out and grab a guy, and it was called. It was an unnecessary, and it was so blatant they had to call it. It, 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 it I look, verify me, but I think. Well, we that was a defensive holding. No, no, I think it was an offensive holding that was oh, okay. was clearly an offensive. Uh, but holding. I, my biggest complaint today was the <clears throat> amount of time it took them when they were going to reviews to make the the call that ended up being made or reversed or whatever else. Way too much time spent looking with that referee looking at the yeah. at the replay. Um, there, it's been one of our biggest complaints. I think it's a, a big complaint around the sport in general. Is, but man, today was brutal. Like I understand trying to get the right call. It does not take a lot if you have someone in your ear and you're looking at a screen to say yes or no. And my biggest thing, the play stands when it's called on the field that there's not sufficient evidence. Yeah. And that happened with the the fumble specifically. I mean, how how are you going to go into that and say there's more than enough evidence evidence to overturn, overturn that call? It. it makes no sense to me. So, again, Steve, you used the term. It's it's very very accurate. It's a rinky dink. It's 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 AAC stuff, and I think that is the route that not only the conference but the officiating in this conference is headed. Is I think, headed. I think Texas got screwed on a. Uh... On that that late hit on Gabriel, on that, I don't. Yeah, think, when, I don't think that was Gabriel. Dumped. I think went, it was went to slide. I, that was, I don't think so. That's think bang bang slid, play. He slid so late. It, yep, I think that was a bad. That call. guy but was a half it, a foot away from no, him no, no, when no. he started. I think by slide. rule, it's a if you hit him, it's a it's a late hit. And it, but it's and it's if you go to hit him after he starts his slide, it's not after he's on the ground. I know, but it looked bang bang like the guy. So, I haven't the seen replay. Went to hit him as he goes down to slide. I think I didn't like that call at all. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know for sure, but I think by rule. That okay, maybe is the I don't right like call. the rule then because it just. But maybe was you're right. Too, maybe it was it too bang bang. Too... It shouldn't have been. Regardless, we'd be pissed off, right, if it was yeah. called on us. Oh, I'd so. be pissed off if I saw Ethan Down standing over my player yelling Barking at him the way face. he did and yeah. not get a call. Yeah. Um, and then when the ref Two times. M- makes a call against um, Trace Ford and throws Trace Ford off the guy and trips him. I don't understand what the hell is going on there. I don't know what was said. Well, and that's such a pivotal that, thing in such a, a high emotion-driven game at that point. 
You've let it go is, to that point, and then is, you're going to unless call it. unless Trace Ford is sitting there trying to gouge his eyes out between his face mask or is rubbing his face into the ground. You don't. I don't. You don't make a call there. You pull him off and say, "Hey, stop! Stop! Get back!" And then you you go about it. I mean, I, I think it's yeah stuff like that. And when you talk about Ethan Downs, Ethan Downs, from what we see, did much worse than that and didn't get twice called. and doesn't get called for it right in front of the ref. Right. So I don't know. It's so subjective. So, anyways, I'm 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 very frustrated by the officiating, and it's not just us. And I'm going to continue to bitch about it. I'm going to continue to complain about it. it. I will. Everyone sees it. Everyone's frustrated, and it's going to be so good to get into a better league. Um, Leave this stuff behind. We're six and zero, though, man. We're six and zero, guys. We are. We got everything in front of us. We've covered all six games. We have covered every game. We're going to be favored every game for the regular season here on out. They went on the radio, the uh, I want to say Friday, they went through and listed, I don't remember if it was Bavada or whoever had projected the lines for every single game for the rest of the season going into this game, and we were a double-digit favorite in every single game. It was between, uh, one game was 10, and then it might have been Kansas on the road was 10, and then all the rest were 13 to 17 point Oof. favorite I in, see it. in every game. I see it. And that was... With this game not being played, those are those are accurate lines, and they'll be tough to cover in some cases. But I see it. I think we're yeah, that good. I agree. Um, it, Kansas rushed for four hundred yards against UCF today. They won't rush for four hundred against us. Nope. And well, hopefully we hopefully we rush we, for four hundred yeah, against UCF. If we UCF can get, I'd, lo- I'd love weeks. to see. We'll do that pregame UCF pod week after next. But we we really better if if Kansas rushed for four hundred, we better get two. We better we better bury them. Yeah. I mean, it's it, and that, that this is. In the past, this has been a letdown game for us. After, after, I'm very, well, very. I, I I'm think very, in the Stoops era, he was undefeated the week yeah, coming the week off of Texas. Yeah. Well, in I'm fact, some glad. of them were just phenomenal wins. Yeah. And I think we're going to beat the bye team. I think this bye is it comes at a perfect time. Do you think, think we'll I, go one zero in the bye? I think we're, we're 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 like a perfect record against the spread and straight up against the bye team. So, I think it comes at a perfect time. It gives us a chance to get we'll healthy. Start. It gives us a chance to figure out who we want to be, where we want to be. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I am sky high. I'm real optimistic. It was yeah. a long day, and I didn't even go to Dallas and back. It was a <laughs> damn long day for those of us who went, and it was a, an early alarm. What food did y'all eat today at the fair? Anything? Corn dog? Get your Fletcher's? Had a, had a corn dog. Didn't get, you should have seen the Fletcher's line, man. Oh, was, really? I mean, they had, a, they had ropes. You couldn't see it from how, the end of the earth. It was curving it over. Was what unreal. time did y'all get to the fair? We, we got there early. We got there the about 8.20, 8.30. Well, it's arguable. And you still couldn't get a, couldn't, couldn't get a corn dog at 8.30? That was, well, we so, don't want a corn dog at 8.30. So most of the stuff. Uh, I was drinking beer at 8.30. So I got dropped off. We got separated at one point. I got dropped off at the front of the fair um, on the Texas side. And... Food options at about eight. At about eight fifteen. Did you take the dart? We, uh, we took the dart, we but it, man, it was not nearly as efficient. Oh, as oh I heard there was, was some horror stories today. It, it was, was, it was bad. bad. The, the it ride was back really, was really bad. Really bad. But, They're messing uh, that up, man. All They're... the all the food over there was pretty much open because we were there so early. So uh, Shelby got some like twisted potatoes on a stick, which were really good. Um, tried a walking taco, which was solid. I drank a, a copious amount of beer. Um, that without was a, having that was a coupon situation. Did they still have the booths, or could you? Was it automated? Both, both. Okay. We good. did the automated route. It was not route. hard to get. Yeah, it was easy. That's and good. yeah, people freak out about that, but they've. It is. That's it is that's one thing they actually have gotten a little bit more efficient yeah. about in the past few years. But it's still expensive. Those damn coupons are a dollar a piece. 
The, and the game day set looked phenomenal. There were thousands. I, I didn't see the game day set. Oh, it was incredible. Thousands looking. of people behind. It was, I, we saw it when we were walking in, looking down from the ramps, and yep. it was tremendous. And how about Baker Mayfield, the only one on college game day to pick OU, and we win. Uh, so I love we, that guy. We saw Baker. Yeah, he drove him. in. We we were there where we always are to see the, uh, the the teams roll in on the buses. We gave them hell. The bands came through. I told the Texas band how bad they suck. I was right in their face. Yeah, right they, on the they, they suck so bad. They didn't play. They did not play their they music. They did not play their music on the way into the stadium. The today. Sooners damn oh, sure did. The Sooners were awesome. They weren't working on Sooner, the railroad, huh? They weren't. Sooner band was a tremendous. And then um, we saw Baker roll in. He was passing out T-shirts out of his SUV. It was very, very cool. Um, it was a fun, awesome atmosphere like it always is. Very, very crowded, extremely dangerous. Um, <laughs> if there's ever a, a situation, it's going to be tragic. They need to work on that. But otherwise, it was a, a magical atmosphere for sure. Um, that's why my voice is the way it is. Oh, we yelled a lot today. We yelled a <laughs> we lot yelled a today. Lot today. We yelled a lot. We, we, appre we appreciate your patronage. We, uh, we yelled a lot before we even went into yeah, the stadium. My voice was gone by the time I was in the stadium. For it, sure. was, it was pretty rough. But, guys, it is 12.17 a.m., and Texas still sucks. Oh, they still suck. Yep, they still suck. We'd like to give a shout-out to Tobacco Exchange, our wonderful sponsor for the post-game. We're going to be here for the bi-week, um, uh, mid-week pod. And then we, after that, we've got UCF in the back half of the schedule. We're 6-0. and We're riding high. We think we're going to be top five. We think we're a top team. We're going to make the playoff. we got everything in front of us. Anything else to cover, guys? I think that's it. Boomer? Sooner. Sooner.